Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer by the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans who have had to take on secret identities, change our voices, and go underground in order to bring you our candid, unvarnished views each week on a handful of our favorite stocks from the Value Line Investment Survey. It's after work. It's the weekend. We're kicking back with our value line like we do every week, uh, like we've been doing for 25 years, right, Vern? And now we uh, record not, not it. Not that long. Not that long. Well, not for you. I've been doing long it time, longer. Yeah. But not that long. And now we record it, and you're in on it. Um, you know, we do have to remind you this is for entertainment purposes only, um, you know, even if it's not Wait. entertaining. Hopefully everyone's entertained. Yeah. And we have, uh, we have a lot of conflicts of interest, I want to say. Not enough, frankly, in my opinion. But uh, uh, one is, uh, this is for entertainment. It's the weekend. It's the same professional advice we give to our clients. But, uh, you know, it's the weekend. We We've may been... have secret motives here. Maybe yeah. We may own all of these stocks and be secretly praying yeah, for and, some and, help and, and making them go up. And we're drinking, so just so you know that. Yeah. Um, and we may own these stocks. We usually tell you when we do. Sometimes we are just working on them. But you're here looking at them with us. We use... forget. We, uh, we use Value Line exclusively on this show, so there could be important information we're not aware of. Uh, this week we look at the September 7th, 2007th edition of the Value Line Investment Survey, and I'm going to be back at the back half of the show with a couple things like Moody's, uh, Getty Images, and Burlington Northern, which we have talked about before. But first I want to bring... Moody's has been, Moody's has been in the headlines lately. Yeah, uh, but I want to bring from uh, uh, On the Road... But I'm saying I'm on the road, but I've got the computer. So uh, we've got Vern somewhere else and me somewhere else. We're not actually here together, uh, but uh, we're overcoming that with technology. And so, with great ado and fanfare, no, we couldn't have we couldn't have done this in uh, the 1920s. No, well, we couldn't have done it a few hours ago, frankly, because I was asleep. <laughs> That's a lot of time. <laughs> I know, but with a great <laughs> deal of fanfare, let me introduce. Vern Value. Vern, take it away. Oh, I, I love the fanfare. I really, I live for I worked on that. every week. I'm, I'm touched. Give me a moment, please. Okay. Um, okay, moment over. <laughs> um, this week I've got um, three stocks um, that none of which pay a dividend, so let's just get that right out in the open Perfect. first. There's going to be no discussion of dividend yield, okay? Who wants a dividend? Uh, the yield on the, all three of them is nil. Okay, great. I, which I, I understand is, you know, zero and some kind of Latin. I don't know why they say nil. You know, zero would be less time, actually. It would certainly convey the same message. Uh, two of these companies I've never heard of before. The third one uh, makes a product I can't stand, but that shouldn't have anything to do with its attractiveness as an investment. But, um, well, why don't we take that one first? Let's, let's go. Let's talk about Domino's Pizza. Absolutely. Okay? Domino's. DPZ and... Uh, you know, as we've gotten older and we've raised children, I've come to appreciate that, um, you know, they have they have a couple different audiences. They sell their product to uh, small children who really don't have any kind of sophisticated taste at all. And I would say even at the margin think that, you know, good pizza is too spicy or too tasty and, and prefer the bland Domino's product. Or people who, you know, really been doing what we've been doing earlier today, only a lot more of it and have gotten to the point where they really don't care what you know, they're eating tastes like, and they just 
They prize the delivery, and I think that's really what the company sells. It sells instant food, not necessarily Yeah, it's like it's 7-Eleven. It's all its convenience it's, is all they're selling, right. in my opinion. You need, a, you, need a, you need some hot food? How can I get some delivered to my house within the next 20 minutes? I, I think you just memorize. You know, I still have the phone number memorized from my college pizza place, uh, honestly. So, um, well, I can't say that I've, yeah. you know, preserved that, you know, detail in the old memory banks. But uh, in uh, any event, the symbol's DPZ. Value yeah. Line suspended the rating here back in April because I guess the company, they must have at that time announced this giant one-time, one-time, it's a, they uh, they paid a thirteen and a half dollar a share cash dividend, yeah. Which uh, you know has been taken out of the stock price and some more, I would say, because they funded it by borrowing, putting a billion dollars of debt on the excuse me on the balance sheet. Hmm, well, that drinking uh, mm-hmm. reared its ugly head there. Stock recently around seventeen, down from almost thirty six dollars earlier this year. So down more than 50% on this special dividend. Uh, currently trading at about, uh, according to value line, a little less than 13 times earnings and a roughly 25% discount to the market. Um, I'm looking at you know the traditional measures that we look at, like cash flow per share, gross cash flow around $2, um, stock 17. Capital spending, according to value line, only needs to be about 35 cents a share, really for the foreseeable future. So I've got about $1.65, I've got 10 times free cash flow. Um, so it looks pretty cheap to me. Now, when I look at enterprise value to EBITDA, a little more expensive, more like 12 times. But I'd point out that uh, their operating results are a bit depressed right now, as Value Line does, because of increased costs for most commodities, uh, cheese, beef, and corrugated boxes. Not that I think there's a lot of beef in their product, but... Uh, as far as I can tell, there is a lot of cheese, and there's a box around every one of them. So um, clearly having an effect. They're calling for a 10 to 15% decline in earnings per share this year. And then I guess as you annualize the interest expense from the debt that they use to fund the dividend, they're looking for an incremental decline in earnings the following year. Unfortunately, I don't have real good visibility. It looks like they, they're expecting operating income to be up a little bit based on revenue growth. Revenue growth has continued to be solid, I guess is the way I'd characterize it. And as we often like to point out, temporary issues like uh, adjusting your prices to accommodate higher input costs is something that eventually gets taken care of and doesn't really have a lot to do with the long-term value of the company. Uh, if you're not familiar with Domino's, I can't believe you wouldn't be, but they are the largest pizza delivery company based in the United States, and they have 9% of their revenue comes from international. Now, they have some of their own stores, that generates 38% of revenue, and then they have franchisees, and that's about, well, according to Value Line, 53% of their revenue. So international, nine, but international, of course, is the big growth opportunity because I don't know how often you've ordered pizza abroad, but let me tell you, getting delivery of pizza abroad um, in Europe, I guess, would you know, maybe be your primary market, certainly in Asia, uh, very difficult to do. And if you can get it delivered, uh, my guess is that not with the reliability that Domino's has. You know, that for years they've offered a money-back guarantee or your pizza for free if they don't show up on time. Well, that's, uh, that market has not particularly evolved at this point. You know, the demand for on-the-spot pizza is pretty American. 
really. Well, Dom, well, man, I, I'd say that you know the rest of the world is um, you behind, know, ramping, behind. ramping up their speed of living life to more like, well, frankly, like ours. Yeah. Uh, well, like yum, the, yum brands. This right up. Yum brands. Well, what about yum? Yeah. They. I looked at them this week. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do it. But you know, one of their big stories is Pizza Hut in. China and uh, and and that's ramping up big time and uh, over time they they can add delivery but I don't believe they have much delivery now. Oh, they're doing it. Uh, I think as a eat-in store concept. Yeah. Um, Domino's, according to Value Line, about seventy percent of their store growth is planned to occur abroad. And I would tend to think, um, as I think you're suggesting, that their bigger opportunity is really Europe, not Asia. Yeah. Um, you've got some good company in the name here. Bain, I'm not sure. There must have been a transaction in the past. But, uh, oh, here it is. It's in the little write-up. In 1998, uh, Bain bought a 93% interest in the company from the Monaghan family. And uh, then they took the company public in 2004. And Bain still owns about a quarter of the company. Fidelity owns almost 12%. Officers and directors, about 3%. So family's uh, not really an issue here anymore. You've got some decent company in terms of uh, who owns it with you. Value Line's looking for 10 12% cash flow and earnings growth from 04 to the, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure when it is sometime in the future. But nevertheless, that's off of, uh, um, that's off of uh, results that were not being as affected by input costs as apparently the current ones are and i we could be a little early here value lines looking for positive uh, revenue comparisons but they don't think the earnings comparisons are going to turn positive until the june quarter of next year and that i think substantiates my idea that it's really the it's the interest expense that's preventing earnings growth from showing up so the thing i like I, about I think it's the kind of thing you can buy as like a you know any good value idea and uh, not sure exactly uh, when you'll make your money in it, but I think from these levels you have a chance to make a fair amount of money. Well, pizza, uh, you know, is something that shows up regularly as people's favorite food, and we know they like things fast. So this is somewhat of an entrenched trend, the way I look at it, and it's, uh, you know, it's not too expensive. Hey, thanks for the support, Dow. I like this uh, one. I've owned pizza before. Not this you one. You have owned pizza before. I, You know, I've owned it a lot of times, but I, my ownership tends to last well, frankly, less than a half an hour. I understand. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, moving right along, um, I, the uh, now I've got these two stocks I've never heard of before, but I think they actually that both of them look like they might be uh, might be better ideas. Well, great because you got uh, five minutes. Okay. The first one is Convergus. Uh, symbol is CVG. I have no idea whether I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'll let you check that out. But uh, Value Line rates this a four. They're showing a $17 price. I checked before the show. Actually, closed Friday, closer to 16, uh, 14 and a half times at $17. Um, I, with the 16 price, more than a 20% discount to market. I think um, it's less than one times revenue, less than eight times gross cash flow, and about 11 times free cash flow. So, what is it? They uh, provide integrated customer care and billing services. So, basically, if um, if you have a business and you need to uh, make sure that you send uh, invoices on a timely basis at the most economic fashion possible to all of your, your giant fragmented customer base, these guys have the software and services to help you do that. And a, a good application of that, and apparently one of their larger applications historically, has been for uh, cable. Do I have the right company here? This is No, no, I've got the wrong company. This is... Uh, um, you know, I've got the wrong company. Oh, 
this uh, converges is uh, no, I, I mean in terms of end markets, but um, it's still customer care and billing services. Sixty-five um, percent of their revenue, seventy percent of operating income from the legacy, what they call customer management group. Then they have another group called information management. Not quite sure how how it's different than customer management, but it accounts for the rest of earnings and most of the rest of revenue. Then they have a startup in um, the human resources space that they're calling employee care uh, that's been losing money. And um, based on the minus 13% contribution to operating income, the value line says they had no six. I'm figuring it's about a $50 million operating income loss or 20 to 25 cents a share. So current earnings per share of about $1.15 in 07, $1.40 in 08 are being penalized by ongoing losses in this startup business, which is apparently growing rapidly. I don't know whether it's going to be successful or not, but um, why not, the company Vern? has been around for a while, and they seem to know what they're doing in these other spaces, and apparently you um, you know, you know, got some startup costs, but they're, they're signing big, uh, big customers. They apparently just signed up Johnson & Johnson for a 10-year deal, so um, they apparently have a product that people see value in. They apparently just need, to, I think they just need to get the scale where they can make some money. This caught my eye just cost. on the valuation, Vern. So, uh, you oh, know. the stock down huge. That $17 or $16 price was 27 earlier this year. Yeah. And the surprise, I guess, has been that they investors needed to adjust their expectations for how quickly this uh, employee care business would turn positive. But I'm looking at a $2.4 billion enterprise value of which only 17% of the balance sheet is debt. Uh, compared with about 400 million of EBITDA, or about a six times multiple, um, I can just shut down this thing that's not working well and make gobs of money here. So, yeah. um, I, I think you know they've demonstrated historically an ability to generate um, you know 15 to 20 percent returns on capital. The return on capital has been depressed recently because of the costs associated with the startup business. I don't know why they wouldn't get back to where they were eventually. So. You need to do a little work because we don't know a lot about the business, but um, check it out, CVG. And the other one is something called CSG Systems International. The symbol is CSGS. Value line rates at a 3. They lowered the rating from a 2 to a 3 in February, and honestly, it looks like they made a really good call. Hmm, Stock was as job. high as 28 earlier this year. Value line showing a little over 23. I checked on Friday, it closed a little over 22. At the $23 price, it was about 15 times earnings and a discount to market. At the 22, it's probably between a 15 and 20% discount to market. This business is very similar to Convergys. That's why I got confused. They do customer service and billing solutions as well. But for them, their big market is cable TV and direct broadcast satellite providers. Mm. So they have, a, they have this established niche. And they apparently have been, um, what they've done is they've sold off a, um, a software services business they had, and they've been taking that money and plowing it back into things that could be of use to their existing customer base and targeted customer base, um, which includes, by the way, utilities, home security, healthcare, and financial services, other businesses that are in frequent, regular contact with their customers, um, just the way cable TV and direct broadcast uh, people are. The businesses they're buying really, I kind of, I think you can call them bolt-ons. They're apparently been pretty cheap, 25 million, 39 million. I don't know what kind of multiples of earnings those are, but uh, certainly not um, busting the bank to make those investments. Um, they're apparently 
I don't know if they're dilutive or if they're uh, just dilutive to margins. Value Line says they're going to be a drag on profitability, and they don't really tell us what profitability is. But they're showing earnings per share growth in 07 and 08, um, cash flow per share growth as well. And in this case, cash flow and free cash flow are both in excess of earnings per share. So this is a positive free cash flow model. Um, the uh, current valuation at $22 is less than 10 times Value Line's 235 cash flow estimate for 07, 270 for 08. Modest capital spending, it's only about 10 times free cash flow with return on capital in the mid-teens, uh, 12% in 06, 145 going to 16 and maybe even higher. Uh, debt is 42% of capital here, um, but that's because share equity is quite low and the company's been buying their stock back because of the depressed valuation. Uh, the enterprise value is about $950 million after you adjust the uh, outstanding debt they have for a huge amount of cash on the balance sheet, which leaves me at about eight times. So I've got a lot of room to be wrong here in terms of the valuation, I think. And value line showing, uh, well, they're showing positive revenue and earnings compared yeah. to their calling farm and every quarter they forecast. So I don't know what, uh, I'm not sure exactly. Now, this is not a stock that's cratered like Convergys. Nor does it have a startup operation like Convergys, so I'm not. I, I don't see any. Um, you know, there's no calamity here to be particularly concerned about. Although I would, as we often do, caution you to do a little work on this. I would definitely caution you. De- yes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, I, Vern, I you're out of time. I hate to tell you that. No, I don't. I don't mind being told that. No, so let I me know. turn it over with uh, after a brief beverage break. Beverage, beverage break. break. Yeah. Beverage break. Okay. And um, now I'll turn it over to um, um, the warble-throated warrior of stocks, uh-huh. Val Hughes. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for staying tuned this far into the show. Uh, huh? What? Never mind. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Listen, I'm a little cranky this week because it's uh, a different time zone than I'm used to, and in order to accommodate. Uh, you know, our schedules, I'm, it's just not a good time, let me just say. Uh, but anyway, the show must forge on, and I've got a couple of stocks this week, one of which I've talked about before because I think it's just important to own, and that's Burlington Northern, ticker BNI, page 281. You know, the stock's in a little bit because the uh, pundits of the world now uh, seem to think we're about to have a recession. But just bear in mind, they think that about half the time, and it actually happens 6% of the time. So it's a pretty good ongoing bet to always bet against the sentiment when the sentiment's betting on recession because uh, they're right, you know. Uh, uh, they, they Not pre- very often. Yeah, they predict five out of every one recessions. That's uh, an old joke. But in any case, this thing's come in. Now, you do have high fuel costs and all that. But the theme here is that rail is gaining share for the first time in a hundred years. The reason is is that fuel costs for everybody have gotten to a point where the fact that you can move a lot more weight on a train for a, with a you know, gallon of gas than you can in a truck. Uh, now boats and barges are the best, but just you don't have a, you know, a, a canal everywhere, unfortunately. We did hundred years ago and maybe that was a better idea. But right now, it's trains that can deliver stuff everywhere the cheapest, and they're gaining share because their service levels are improving. And so uh, customers are finally willing to make the shift. You get about a 30% per mile savings on fuel on total costs, 
and you give up a little bit of flexibility on delivery times but that's getting a little better and there's partners out there such as JB Hunt which I've also talked about that handle the front end and the back end a little bit and make it a little more convenient for the for the customer but Burlington's come in uh, they're trading at uh, 81 bucks it's a little up from the value line price cash flow per share 10 bucks that's eight times gross cash flow um, and I like that now earnings next year I like it too yeah who wouldn't like it now here's the rub uh, six bucks in uh, earnings so you're you're about uh, what's that 13 times uh, earnings which is still a nice discount but right now these guys are ramping up their capital spending they're redoing track uh, improving capacity uh, improving efficiencies in fact the Burlington Northern one of their best regions is this Powder River Basin where all the coal is the cheap coal they have a near monopoly on coal you know shipping out of there and they're starting to gather that in price. Railroads are getting price increases for the first time in 100 years and gaining share during that time. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting period. Margins are in the 32% region, operating margins. Returns on capital uh, are slowly moving up. They're you know, not great. They're 12%. Railroads historically have had a hesitancy to write stuff off, and uh, you know, that's all changing. And I think this is a cheap stock to own for a 30-year play of railroads gaining share and coal gaining share of energy. And, you know, I don't need to get into all the details here because uh, you can go listen to a past show. But, the you know, the business looks solid. Uh, you have a little slowdown now, giving you a chance to buy the stock. Page 281, Burlington Northern. Okay. Um, Getty Images, page 378. Are you familiar with this one, Vern? Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. I think most people are okay. So Getty. Well, let's say most. We'll say most people under the age of forty, and many people under the age of sixty. Out yeah. Okay. Well, one of those groups includes you. I know that. But um, and me. But Getty, G Y I. You know these guys. The theme on this is they have an oligopoly type of pricing model in a world that needs content and they have a lot of it these guys are one of the largest storehouses of images probably in the world and um, you know there are some that are larger um, but um, they you know earn a very high margin they're earning 34 percent I guess for next year on selling images now the stocks down a lot which is what draws my attention to it it's at 30 bucks 31 bucks. It's down from a high of 95 in 05. And uh, of course, it was wildly overvalued then. But right now, it's 14 times earnings. It's a discount. Cash flow per share, 390. Stock at 31. That's less than 10 times um, for a business that should grow. And the reason I say that is cheap PCs moving into your living room, the internet in your living room, this whole theme we've talked about in other shows. It's going to help them because you're going to want the best imagery of the world over time on your TV as a slideshow at a party in the background, whatever. Fish tanks just aren't going to make it anymore. And yeah, but why uh, would people just use their own photographs? Well, they might if they have the famous photos of you know the last hundred years of world culture, which yeah. some will obviously. A, you know, if you're Annie Leibovitz, you can't. You know, his hand in front of his face. Yeah, but I mean, these guys. If you know, I just am going to predict here. So Val making a prediction. Oh, 
yeah. prediction coming. Yeah, Internet is going to be in your living room, on your TV, except who knows what we'll all call these things, you know. Um, big screen in your living room, you're entertaining, and you're going to have a slideshow on. It might be your trip to the Orient or whatever, but, you know, people have seen that, and they're tired of seeing you. They want to see famous stuff. They don't want to have to go to the museum. They don't want to have to fly to Paris. And so you can have this stuff in your house on multiple screens. I'm going to predict that Getty Images is going to be involved in all that as we move into the Jetsons future and all that. The reason the stock's down so much right now is the same reason advertisers are down a lot, which is the traditional channels they sell these images in, unfortunately for them right now, but good for us as the investors, are all down. Uh, their big markets, of course, are newspapers, ouch, right, magazines, yeah and even direct mail as paper costs go up. So, you know, the future isn't here. You know, you can quote me on that. And in the future, there's going to be screens everywhere. They've just reached new price points on these giant plasma and LCD screens. Everyone's going to have one. And you're going to want to put stuff on it besides pictures of your aunt, okay? And I think they're going to be involved. Yeah, they're getting a hit on the advertising. Everyone is. That's the opportunity we've talked about in newspapers and such, too. I think it's going to show up in Getty Images. Ted Turner proved this 15 years ago. He bought a giant library of film that everyone said, why are you doing that? And now he's selling them for three bucks a piece every night. Getty Images is going to be selling these photographs long after we're all gone, and that's worth something. And you can buy it at a big discount right now. That's Getty Images, G-Y-I. And then, interesting. yeah, I could, you know, look at this thing. Anyway, I don't own that one, by the way. I do own Burlington. Okay. Apparently. And finally, uh, a value guy's favorite, I guess, Moody's, MCO, you know, a spin-out from the old Dun and & Brad, and, of course, uh, value guys love spin-outs because there's always unfound, un undiscovered value. Um, MCO, page 382, Moody's has taken a big hit. Of course, they're the bond rating agency because of this so-called credit crisis, uh, but, of course, the people who drive the economy seem to mostly be fine when I t talk around to people. Um, but we're getting this opportunity driven by fear, in part. The bond business has cycles. There will be less issuance. And, of course, uh, uh, they're under scrutiny that maybe they miss uh, the whole industry of ratings. Maybe they misrated some things. Uh, maybe they did. You know, I don't think that's a crime. Uh, we get stocks sure, wrong. We always have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Mistakes? Look through the record. I'm sure they're wrong all the time, as certainly as much as anyone is. And so uh, the stocks are, are, you know, down here. But the, the element to this thing, the theme is that debt in America or in the world is going to be related to GDP, uh, and GDP is growing worldwide faster than it ever has markets for debt want ratings so what I'm gonna to get to is that the rating business is alive and well because GDP growth around the world is alive and well there's a lot of roads and dams and bridges and stuff around that haven't been built uh, in fact it appears that even right here in America we need a lot of this to happen and that's gonna be funded by debt so again uh, fear breeding an opportunity you know, the bond business might look a little weak forward 12 months, but I think forward 12 years it looks fine. And uh, these guys are putting up a 52% operating margin. I mean, you got to be selling. Not a lot? It's high, very high. 
Uh, it's among the highest, uh, other than the money management business. Uh, you know, there's not many higher than that. Um, they buy stock every year. They generate free cash flow. This is not as cheap as I'd like, so I'm talking a lot about it just because it's cheap relative to where you can ever buy Moody's. It's an annuity on, you know, growth in the world and at a 50% operating margin. Um, their ROI is uh, undefinable because they keep buying stock to where they have negative equity and that keeps a lot of potential investors out just on that simple fact. So um, I am uh, running out of time, but Moody's, you know, maybe we'll revisit it again. Um, but uh, using cash flow wisely, it's about 15 times free cash flow. That's a 7% yield, plus you get growth, plus I think it's a, you know, pretty uh, solid annuity going forward with some growth. Moody's, page 382. And Vern, that's all I have this week. Moody's, my favorite this week, I think is going to be Getty. I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'm going to go with CSG Systems. I don't know. I, I like this Converges. Conver huh? Convergent? I don't know. Okay. Well, I thank check out the ones that I don't know anything about. They look interesting. Thanks for listening, everybody. Check us out, www.thevalueguys.com, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care.